Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, Amen. we thank you for this opportunity to meet again in your name. The Bible says that wherever two or more are gathered in your name, you are there with them. We thank you for your presence. Lord, we ask that you give us clarity of mind and the spirit of understanding so that we can rightly divide your word. We ask that you end this meeting with each and every one of us taking away a portion of your grace. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Makafu, we welcome. We have Amen. Hi, Makafui. Hi. Hi, everybody. Perfect, perfect. Baba, Baba. And then Beshanko. Perfect, Mako. Interesting. All right. So we'll just begin. Um, before we begin, uh, MK, would you like to share with us? Sorry, I'm always putting you on the spot, but would you like to share with us what the plans we have? I mean, people received some images today. Um, um, a PDF today and some posters. Can you just briefly share with us? Charlie, 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 Charlie. it's going to be fire. It's going to be a hit, man. It's going to okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, what we are, what we are planning to do is something big, and we most likely will spend some money on it just to get um, some momentum going, and so. We realized that right now, well, even before um, COVID-19 or Corona, there were people who were at home and usually stream services online ever since streaming services became a thing. So, quote-unquote, they are lazy. They don't want to go to church. And then there are also people who want to go to church but just don't like the whole vibe that is inside the church. Um, quote-unquote, people are judgmental and the place is crowded and... And, and all of that. And just plain and simple, there are also Christians out there who cannot really vibe with the kind of church that. So they want to go to church, they want to fellowship, they want to learn more and stuff like that. But the Ghanaian system is yet to adapt to current trends and, and current ways of communicating from the scriptures. And, and so from like the, the days of old when they met in their houses and stuff like that, that's not the same thing that we are doing even today. And so for where we are going in future, we also need to think about the, the, the way cultures are changing, the way the world is evolving, so that we can also, you know, keep the word on people's mind um, appropriately. And so this, this, this whole thing that we are calling Mythbusters is um, really centered, apart from it being an online um, medium to get out to people, we want to really focus on misconceptions around the church. So it's primarily targeted at the youth, not just the youth, but the confused and skeptical youth as well. And, and so just to bring clarity to the word and, and to help answer more questions that um, people have had throughout their spiritual reality. I always like using spiritual reality because spiritual growth or work seems like some far away place that you need to get to but we are we are spirits right now so i like to say spiritual reality and so that's the mindset that we want to keep people in that's Charlie. these are the simple truths about the word of god take these things 
Study them for yourself and apply it to your life and see the results. And the medium in which we are using to transfer this thing is uh, social media, video conferences, online mediums of media of every form. And the hope is that we'll be able to, as people are joining, the numbers are growing, we can use it as a, as a touch point to start forming hubs in, in different locations. So if there are a lot of people joining in and enjoying the service from maybe Hachuk, and there are about five or six people that we know that are constantly joining that from Hachuk, we'll be like, hey, let's have a meetup. Manuel and I, or maybe other people, um, other guys like you can join us and go have a meet and greet where people even within her to also meet themselves and get things started there as well. Um, so we just want to spread the word uh, like wildfire using social media. Mm, That's very good. Thank you so much, Makafu, for that. And um, um, we thank God because McAfee has been doing extensive work on that. Joshua, thank you for also helping today. Rodney is helping as well. Nana is helping. And um, I thank you all that we are doing this together. Grace just joined. Grace, how are you? That's if she can hear me. Anyway. I think I haven't connected her microphone yet. Okay, so Grace is one of my amazing ladies. Um, yeah. You get to know her as time goes on. Uh, Amma also just joined. Welcome, Amma. And so we'll just begin. So like we are saying, we want to flood the surface of the earth with the message of Christ. And people have been caught up in religion. People have been caught up in a lot of misconceptions. Therefore, it gives them a certain view about how church should be done. We want to enable or we want to grant everybody that opportunity to fellowship and get to know Christ. So that is why we are doing this. Yesterday, particularly, I was super excited, not only because of the numbers that joined the call, but because of how interactive it was. Yesterday, we recorded our highest number. At a point, it was 12. At a point, it was 13. And the feedback I got from those that I invited um, was amazing. It was marvelous. And so we are hoping that it keeps increasing all the time. When I shared the PDF, people were like, wow, this is actually good. This is some people said it was interesting. Some people said it was drawing their minds to something. And we are even seeing that some of them will join the call today. So we want to continue. We did part one of the misconception about who God truly is. And it has always been an issue. Like yesterday, Nathan Fletcher said, it has always been an issue. It's just this pandemic that is making people question it. This pandemic is giving the opportunity for people to talk about it. So it's not like, you know, us at the hub, it's not like we are doing this because of the pandemic. No, this is not the reason why we are doing this. We've always been defending the character of God and going through the scriptures to bring clarity about who God truly is. And so we finished the part one where we've tried to summarize. It wasn't easy doing the summary. Let <laughs> me tell you about it. I spent almost more than 10 hours trying to summarize it because it's not easy to summarize something that you have prepared over a long time. But that is when we test our written and oral and text and meaning skills. Anyways, so today we want to continue the part two about the misconception of God. And in this, we'll be looking at um, some of the causes of the misconception like we started. We didn't finish all. Then we'll also be looking at 
um, we'll be looking at some of the misconceptions. Why the misconceptions? Because we started with the character of God. So now we'll be looking at why the misconceptions. What are the reasons for these misconceptions? One key scripture we've been using is James chapter 1, verse number 13, going all the way to 17. We've been using that scripture. And what does that scripture say? He says, that scripture says, let no one say when he is tempted, he is tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil. That is what James chapter number 1 verse 13 says. It goes all down to explain. And the verse 16 says, do not err, my beloved brethren. That means don't make a mistake concerning God tempting anyone. For every good and every perfect gift comes from above, comes from the Father of light, with whom there is no shadow of turning. So James is trying to set the record straight. And we went to analyze that word by looking at the original Greek. What James meant when he said, let no man say. And we saw that he referred to circumstances, situations, rumors, hearsays about God tempting people. We looked at the word tempt. And today we are going to look at that word tempt more. What it means, how it was used, why it was used. And then we go on to further um, um, understand some of the misconceptions. Before we begin, I'd like to say a few pointers. That your revelation of God sets the premise for your worship. You can't worship a God whom you don't know. I repeat, your revelation of God sets the premise for your worship. You cannot worship a God whom you do not know. It's very important to know. To worship a God you don't know and can't relate to is idol worship. You don't know the God. You are confused about the God, the God you are worshiping. Uh, there are a lot of contradictions which you can't even find answers to. You can't relate to that God very well. Why is it that we call those who worship images and physical stuff idol worship? Because if you slap that sculpture, they won't slap you back. You, you can't relate to it. It's, it's not something that you can understand or relate to it. So it's idol worship. And Jesus said to the woman at the well in John 4, 22, he says something. He said, you worship, but you do not know what you worship. You worship, but you don't know who or what you worship. And he went on to say that no longer shall you say, let's worship God here or there. That is why people think the church is on lockdown. So the church is going down. No, it is a form of religious church that is going down. The church itself, which is you, is not going down because the church has never been about buildings. The church has never, ever been about buildings you are the church so that is what jesus was trying to bring out in john chapter 4. also you must understand that the revelation of god is the unveiling of your identity of you the believer the revelation of god is the unveiling of your identity because the believer will never know who he is until he knows who god is if you have received christ and you are a man in christ if christ is not known you cannot know who you are you can never know God too until you know Christ Jesus. You can never know God until you know Christ Jesus. And so you must understand that Christ is the revelation of God in humanity. Jesus is the revelation of God in humanity. Jesus was the first person to prove to us that God can live in a man and man in God. And you can never know Satan until you know who God is. And you can never know who God is until you know who Jesus is. So it is the revelation of God that exposes Satan. 
Because darkness is only exposed in light. If you are in darkness, you never know it's called darkness. It becomes your norm until we turn on a light. And you realize that, oh, so that was darkness. There is something better called light. In darkness, I cannot see. In darkness, I cannot move. In darkness, I cannot even reason. Because it clouds your judgment. You are so careful that you cannot move. It limits you. Once the light comes on, you are like, oh, wow. So it's the light that exposed the darkness. So it will take a revelation of God in Christ to expose Satan. Once you do not know Christ, you don't know yourself. And if you do not know yourself, you cannot even understand what Satan is doing with you. Very important. And we must understand. Wow, my friend Joshua is on. Joshua, welcome. Joshua Fideli. God bless you. So you can never know who God is until... You can never know who you are until you know who God is. And you cannot know who God is until you know Jesus. And so let's get back to James chapter 1 verse number 13. Let's look at a few things there in James chapter 1 verse number 13. We'll start from verse 12. James 1 verse 12. Let's all take our Bibles. James 1 verse 12. Your pastor is not your Bible. I am not your Bible. You have the Bible. So you open and then you see if what I'm saying, I'm putting you in a bottle or not. James 1 verse 12 said, Blessed is the man that endureth temptation. For when he is tried, he shall receive a crown of life, which the Lord had promised to them that love him. How can we, now we were always dwelling on God is tempting us, God is tempting us. How can God himself come and tempt you in order to crown you? And we establish that God does not try or tempt people because the notion of trying people means he is now trying them to find out the outcome of their actions. So I'm trying you to see how you react, which means I am not certain, number one, number two, or I do not know how you react. So because I do not know how you react, I try you, which means God is not all-knowing. Because if God is coming to try me to see how I react, it means he has absolutely no idea what I would do. And it makes God a bit weak. And so it is very important that we understand this particular point, that God Almighty does not try people. Very important. 2 Peter 2.9, we are expounding on James 1.12. 2 Peter 2.9. You are looking at what Peter also said about temptation. Now, it will shock you what Peter said about temptation because before 2 Peter 2.9, Peter had said people that God was tempting them. All right, so 2 Peter 2, 9 says, The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation and to reserve the unjust unto the day of judgment to be punished. Now, if you remember, um, we explained this scripture today because of time we explained, but we explained it in one of our recordings, so you must get it. I think the second teaching, we explained this to be punished. So you have to get our second teachings. We explained it. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptation which means the only role god has in temptation is to deliver you it says the lord knoweth how to deliver which means the role of god in temptation is to deliver you so why will god bring a temptation on you only to deliver you is he trying to prove a point let's also go on we are we are, we are, we are building an argument the truth of the epistle is that god is at work in a man and God is at work in a man because he delivered the man. That is why he's at work in the man. He's not now going to deliver the born again believer. The moment you become born again, you are delivered. 
he says that uh, uh, um, um, he, we, we have passed from death to life, according to John. We have passed from death to life. We have been delivered and translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. So the moment you accepted Christ, you are delivered. So, so you are already delivered. Therefore, he's at work in you to continue the deliverance. Very important for you to note. Super, super important for you to note. And so the role of God, temptation, is to deliver you. First Corinthians 10, 13. We want to look at temptation. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 13. It says, There had no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. So it means the temptations that we experience in life is common to man. To be broke is common. It is not animals that get broke. It's human beings that get broke. It's common. Um, um, to, to, to get broken heart is common. To, for your landlord to sack you is common. It says they had no temptation, 1 Corinthians 10, 13, they had no temptation taking you, but such as is common to man. Then he puts an, uh, is it a colon, there to explain. But God is faithful. The original doesn't have is. But God faithful. The, the amplified will say, but faithful God, who will not suffer you to be tempted. That means God does not tempt people. He will not suffer you to be tempted above that which ye are able. That means what Nathan said, he allows to an extent. Because anything that happens, all-knowing God has given us our will to manage the earth. So if it is happening, it means he's allowing it. So, and he's allowing it because you have your will. The greatest act of God's love is your will. But with the temptation, also make a way of escape that you may be able to bear it. So the role of God in temptation is to deliver you, create an escape. Create an escape is to deliver you. That is the role of God in temptation. James 1.13 says, For God cannot be tempted. The Greek word there is A-P-E-R-I-A-S-T-O-S. A-P-E-R-I-A-S-T-O-S. It means God can, is untried and cannot be tried. He does not try people. That is the meaning of that word. God is untried, or he uses the word untriable, which I don't know if it's good English, meaning he does not try. Historically, experimentally, experientially, situationally, if there's any words, if there are any words like that, God does not try people and cannot be tempted. He cannot be tempted. So let's come down to look at Jesus. Today we are looking at why misconceptions, what are some of the the, the, the reasons for misconception. Let's look at why Jesus, who tempted Jesus. Joshua, you have to click the button again. Who tempted Jesus? Matthew 4, verse 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. Matthew chapter 4, verse number 1. It tells you, it shows you who tempted Jesus. I'm explaining this point because people will say, I said, Jesus is God. And I'm saying God cannot be tempted. But Jesus was tempted. I want to explain this point. Joshua, you have to click it again. I don't know why it keeps... And I don't know why I can't mute you. 
anyways. Are we there? Matthew chapter 4 verse 1. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. To be tempted of the devil. Jesus was led up to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. The verse 7, Jesus said unto him, listen to Jesus speaking in the verse 7. Jesus said unto him, it is written again, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. So Jesus is quoting the Old Testament saying that you cannot, you should not or cannot tempt God. But then he was God and he was tempted. Please, are we following? So, Jesus Christ is God. He was tempted. And he's quoting the Old Testament and saying, Satan, thou shalt not tempt the Lord. At the same time, it is the Old Testament, I wish Rodney was here, that said that God tempted Moses. So, there is a need to clarify this statement and bring exegesis and explanation to this statement. Why was Jesus tempted by the devil. Bear in mind, Jesus was tempted by the devil, but the devil didn't succeed with his temptation. Two different things. Please really understand this. Jesus was indeed tempted by the devil, but the devil didn't win the battle. He didn't succeed with the temptation. Very important. Very important to note. So why was Jesus tempted by the devil? It is very important, and we'll be doing the part three of this teachings is the revelation of Jesus, but I just want to bring it up here. It is very important to know that Jesus Christ was as much God as he was man. So he was God and he was a man. Mm, very important. What proves that Jesus Christ was God? Jesus Christ was God because... I'm going to say something and it's a bomb. I'll say it and I'll explain. Jesus Christ was God because his appearance or his birth was not from a man. Mm. I went to say this somewhere. I went to say this somewhere and I had to explain. I went to say this somewhere. I preached somewhere. I said, Mary didn't actually give birth to Jesus. And they all squeezed their faces. They were about to stand up and leave until I went further to explain. For a fetus to be formed. We need the sperm of a man and the egg of a woman. The sperm of a man and the egg of a woman, the ovaries of a woman. Joseph didn't sleep with Mary. Joseph didn't release sperms. The Bible calls Mary. The Bible said Mary had known no man. And it is the same word for Mary had not slept with a man before. So Mary didn't sleep with Joseph and Joseph didn't sleep with Mary. So Joseph didn't release sperms to fertilize Mary's ovaries. So none of them contributed to the formation of Jesus. <laughs> so when, I, when, when we get to the revelation of Jesus in the misconception of God, I'll explain it into details with scriptures. But this is common logic. So it means the origin of Jesus, the source of Jesus, was not 
from Mary or Joseph. In Luke chapter 1, verse 40, 40 all the way to 45. What? 35 all the way to 45. When he was talking about the angel appearing to Mary, he said, The spirit of the highest shall overshadow thee, and the holy one in you, you he shall overshadow thee, and you shall give birth. And when Elizabeth met Mary, he said, The holy one in you, the holy one in you. But we know by the law, no one was holy. Hmm. This is this is this is detailed. You must take it in gradual, gradually. We know by the law, by the old testament, nobody was holy. Mary was not born again yet. He was going to give birth to Christ. And Elizabeth, when the Holy Spirit came upon her, said, The seed in you is called the Holy One. And the whole, the angel said to Mary, The spirit of the highest shall overshadow thee. And you will give, you will call his name Jesus. You will call his name Jesus. So Jesus Christ is God. When people doubt the certainty or the surety of Jesus being God, this is one proof. This is one proof. Okay, now, how is he a man? How is he a man? It is only in the synoptic gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John that we see God sleep, God hungry, God wept. God showed tendencies of being a man. All throughout the Old Testament, we were confused about it, but the synoptics, we saw. That is why when the writer of Hebrews says, we don't have a high priest that cannot relate with our infirmity, feels with our weakness. We have a high priest that can do it. He can feel with us. It means Jesus Christ came as a man in order to save man. Now, in Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26, God said, let us make man and let them have dominion over the earth. So God gave man dominion over the earth. And so for spirits to function on the earth, they need the permission of man because man was the was one of the creatures that had an earthly suit animals have earthly suits too so they can relate with the earth earthly suit so man is a spirit and he had an earthly suit to relate here on this earth so man can touch man can feel man can sense man can speak man can coordinate and relate with things of the earth of, of the physical so for spirits to function here on this earth, they need the permission of men. That is why Genesis 2.1, God rested. But when he had to come and deliver man, he had to come as a man. So God was resting and came out of man and came out of himself as a man to save man. Maybe this is too deep. Let me, let me water it down more so you can understand. So because the earth was given to man, no spirit can function here on this earth without the permission of a man or through a man. Basic knowledge. That is why Moses said the serpent, that Satan used the serpent. The serpent, animal, moves on the earth. That is why he said that. That must be brought under interpretation and we do that. So spirits can't function here. So God had to make himself a seed and rest in the womb of a woman so that he can lawfully, legally, and because he's a God of justice, 
appear on this earth legally to carry out his duties. And the only way a spirit can have an earthly suit and become either an animal, a tree, or a man is when he comes out of any of these. Or when the spirit comes out of any of these. So Jesus needed an earthly suit. That is why Apostle Paul saw the revelation and said in 1 Corinthians 5, A body has thou prepared for me to do thy will. A body has thou prepared for me to do thy will. So Jesus had to come and assume that body to be able to walk this earth. So here, 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 here is the revelation. Adam was never a baby. But Jesus came as a baby. Jesus went through all the phases of life. From being a toddler, being an adolescent, a teenager, an adult. He only didn't experience old age. He died at 33. That is to tell you that he was a human being. So Jesus was a man. There had no temptation falling onto a man than such which is common. Jesus was a man. And because he was a man, he could be tempted. <laughs> he could be tempted. Because he was a man, he could be killed. You don't kill spirits. He couldn't have performed all the functions that he did if he was not a man. In three minutes, I need to wrap up because we need to have a discussion. So that is why Jesus was tempted as a man. Now, who tempted Jesus? Because God does not tempt and cannot be tempted. But Jesus was tempted because he was a man. And Satan tempted Jesus. Jesus didn't tempt himself. Satan tempted Jesus. Jesus didn't tempt himself. It's very important. In Luke chapter 4, verse number 12. Luke chapter 4, verse number 12. That's all open to the book of Luke chapter 4, verse number 12. He says, And Jesus answering said unto him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Again, Jesus is re-emphasizing that in Luke. And in Luke chapter 10, verse 25, we see something. We see men trying to tempt Jesus to prove that he's a man. Luke chapter 10, verse number 24. Luke chapter 10, verse number 24. It says, for I tell you that many prophets and kings, no, 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 is it Luke 10, 24? Am I reading Luke 10, 20? Luke 10, 25, sorry. Luke 10, 25. Luke 10, 25. It says, and behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, and tempted him saying, Master, shall I do? So Jesus was tempted in many ways. That is why the Bible says he was tested and tempted in many ways, but without sin. He didn't sin. He was a man. You cannot tempt God. <laughs> but you see, you should understand, God is not reactive. He's proactive. God cannot say, woo, they have pressured me so much, so let me react. He ceases to be that supernatural supreme God. Men are putting pressure on me, so let me do something. Men, it means he doesn't have a plan. He's not all-knowing. He's not all-powerful. It makes him a man. He makes the supernatural God a man. And so it's very important for us to understand this. And let's analyze the word test as used in James also. I, we, I explained it the other time, but I really want us to see this. So spare me two minutes, let me do this. And then let's get into discussion. The word test that was, yeah, Rodney, welcome. 
Rodney, welcome. We can hear you, so you can mute. Yeah. Glory to Jesus. All right. So the word test that was used a lot of times in the New Testament and even in James is the word A-P-E-I-R-A-Z-O. I explained it, I think, last week. A-P-E-I-R-A-Z-O. It is an implication of an evil intent. Testing is an, an, an implication of an evil intent. And we said God is good. There is no evil found in him. It means God cannot tempt with evil. This word is different from K-E-I-M-O-Z-O. K-E-I-M-O-Z-O. That was used in Romans 12 too, which is to prove to see. So Romans 12 says, uh, uh, present yourself as a living sacrifice unto God, holy blameless. Renew your mind that you may prove. Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. That means to prove to see something. And that word was always used for men. To prove to see something. And so the first word where James said God cannot be tempted with evil. It's an evil intent. There is a difference. That's why you must rightly study the word of God to understand the difference. When those words were used, what was the original Greek and what they meant? You cannot just stand up and pick it and teach and say things and confuse people with more misconceptions. These two words are different. The one is an implication of an evil intent. That means an intention of evil. The other is to prove something. So when the Bible says, test all spirits, it means prove to see if the spirits are from God. It's different from apirazo, which means an evil intent. There are two different words. So anytime we are studying the scriptures, we must have this at the back of our mind. God does not tempt with evil. God is good. He does not tempt with evil. At no point will God be emotional in his nature. God does not say, no, this one there, I must react. Men are giving me pressure. No, 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 no. God's character is consistent. And so it is very important. Today, we've been able to understand more of James chapter 1. We've seen some of the Greek words used there. We've understood why, if God cannot be tempted, why was Jesus tempted? Because Jesus is God. Well, Jesus was God as much as he was a man. And he was a man that walked this earth. And he was God that had legal permission and the legal right to walk this earth because he came out of a woman. And he could be tempted. And he had a specific mission to come and suffer everything we suffer, to relate to us, to understand us so he could deliver us. So that is the short teachings that we have today. We, qu we quickly want to get into discussions. Any questions, um, any contributions, we quickly want to get into discussions so that everybody can share their thoughts, their opinion, and we can interact. So we are open. I'm going to mute my mic. So, Okay, so um, to everyone, I'm thinking right now, so realize that God or Jesus Christ, when he was tempted, took hold of the situation and dealt with it himself. So, like, um, basically, he didn't allow himself to be to be tempted. We didn't see at any point that um, he prayed to God to come and help him in that situation. So, I'm still going back to my, my running theme, my running question of, um, does God, does God interfere in, in what we do here on earth and what necess necessitates that interference. 
So like, why would you wake up in the morning to pray about getting a job or or something, a healing and stuff like that? Is that God interfering and coming to help you, or how do you how do you guys see it? Question for everyone. Please, it's a question for everyone, so I won't talk. It's a question for everyone. <laughs> Please, no answer. No answer is foolish. Eh? So <laughs> you can just share what is on your mind and forget about everybody. Well, I, I just wanted to ask how I don't see it as God interfering. Um, if if basically what I understand is that God is there and we are his children, then you asking God for, for supplication and maybe blessings is not him interfering in 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 faith or in destiny or I don't know how you'd even call it. That's my opinion. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the question. Huh? So yeah, that's a great submission, Anabini. Um, uh, MK, can I summarize the question to um, um Joshua? Okay. Yeah. So MK is saying that. Jesus was tempted and he overcame the temptation. Just like yeah. us here on the earth, God, um, God has given us our will and that we run the earth. So why will I wake up and pray for God to intervene or interfere? Like I need a job. Why will I wake up and pray and say, God, help me get a job? Why should God interfere or intervene in a situation he has given us full control of? Uh, Joshua Fideli, please mute it again. Yeah, so open question. Anybody can answer, including I, Joshua I Fideli. don't get it. Like, what are we in control of? Okay, MK, then please explain it. You say it doesn't get it. Okay. So, let me, let me, let me try my best to... <laughs> explain this all right so i'm coming from the perspective that um god was tempted somebody just left god was tempted just like we we are tempted in life and mm -hmm. at the time that he was tempted he didn't call on any miracle of power he he did he did something actually ordinary and so by that i'm i'm saying that he took dominion of that situation without external help so if there's anything to go by as um, we have it you have say a job interview you know that you must prepare for the interview What's the differentiating factor here between somebody who prepares for the interview and somebody who expects a miracle from God? 
Oh, okay. Um, first of all, the two scenarios are a bit different, if not very far apart. But okay. the first one had to do with someone resisting a temptation, which was Jesus Christ. And the second one has to do with someone uh, needing a job and then preparing. While well, they, they may be... The, the, temptation here, the temptation here is that, maybe because I'm using the word temptation, let's call it a trial or a test, yes. is that you are jobless. Yes. Okay, go on. Uh, so, Jesus Christ... <laughs> If you say Jesus Christ didn't ask for help, um, uh, Jesus Christ was God, number one, and he was man, 100% man. That is why someone tempted him. Okay, the Bible says that God cannot be tempted. <laughs> uh, neither tempted he, he, him, any man. Me, I think God cannot be tempted means God cannot be moved, like... You can't tempt him, as in, even if you tempt him, you will not get him. Like, unto me, Like, God will not see a lady's bottle shaking and will be moved. Uh -huh. So that's what God cannot be tempted means. But that the Bible is that. Is it like how you think about it or what the Bible says? The meaning uh, of the word. Uh, the Bible says that Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm and, saying the description that you are giving that he cannot be. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm explaining. Okay. I'm explaining. You just have to relax more. Oh, this, it's, it's a discussion. I want to understand what you are saying as you are going on. Yeah, so I'm coming. I'm I'm trying to explain the reason why I, I said God cannot be tempted means like he can't be moved by your temptation. Uh -huh. So I'm coming from this scripture. I'll, 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 I hope you get it. Yes, I'm listening. When uh, Satan was tempting Jesus, we, 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 we made mention that Jesus was a man. That's why Satan could tempt him, right? That's what we said, yeah. right? Okay. But if you look at Jesus, okay, so Jesus was a man. That's why uh, Satan tempted him. But when Satan tempted Jesus, Jesus said, what you are doing is wrong. The Bible says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Indirectly, Jesus is trying to tell him, I am God. Mm. Mm. Because that's what, he, that's what he said. He said, thou shalt not. It means what you are doing, you are not supposed to be doing it. Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. This is scripture saying it itself. <laughs> not me reading my mind into the scripture. So it's, I think, yes, yeah, God was tempted, but... God cannot be tempted in the sense that, like, unto me, you can't, aha, uh -huh. but thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. Sometimes when a, a, a statement says, it means people can have that mind of trying to tempt God. When a statement is made, it suggests something. People can have that mind or try to tempt, though God cannot be actually tempted, but people might try to do that. Or else that law will not be there. Oh, probably. Uh, that's what you're saying. Uh, uh, Sorry. Uh, 
Yeah, go ahead. Because that's not there. Actually, my, my question, I'm, I'm getting a bit lost. That's why I'm... Yeah, yes. that's not the answer to the question you are asking. Oh, I'll okay. just explain. Uh, God cannot be tempted. Because you said I should explain it. Yes. No problem. Okay. No problem. Please go ahead. So, now Hello. Jesus was tempted. And he didn't call <laughs> for God... Like for help from God. I mean, that's that's what you mean, right? Yeah. But this same Jesus, when he was on earth, he told the people, "Anything that I do, it is my Father in me that does it." Mm. Or let me put it this way: I'm inspired by my Father. Mm. So now, someone who has a needs a job, and let's say spends sleepless nights to search on the net for jobs, and then he studies accordingly. The Bible says that it is God that works in us. So that ability he's using to read, to study, to prepare, it is actually the ability of God which is already in him, which he is now making use of. Because... But they, but they say we should pray for favor. Aha. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, you see... Yeah, um, can I come in? Feel free. Okay, um, so when we... Um, they say that we have to pray for favor, it's um, probably because of that things are maybe fighting us or to make things easy for us. And um, with um, to answer your question um, as to whether we should pray when seeking for a job, because obviously Jesus Christ didn't pray. Um, I would say that um, Jesus Christ um, uh, made use of the Word, okay? And the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, so now here, like, God has been invited into the scene once the word has, the word of God has come out. Do you get it? And so let's say you, you, you're going for a job interview or whatever it is. You can declare the word of, of, the word of God over it, like, um, I'm the head and not the tail, stuff like that. So it's like, it's a form of prayer, but it's the word of God you're confessing. So, I mean, uh, you can do that. Okay. Please be careful. Oh, I understand what you're saying. I'm just thinking about. I'm just turning it over in my mind, trying to grasp grasp it. But yes, I, I like. I'll, yeah, we understood what you said, sweetheart. Okay. Oh. Yeah, Joshua. I'm trying to do something that okay. Nana being said, but go on. Uh, Joshua, okay. you want to continue so that we can wrap up. Joshua, please. Sorry that Grace cut you in, but you can continue. Oh, no problem. Uh, so if the person is learning, like he's using the ability God has given him mm-hmm. to learn. But uh, in addition to that, so Jesus, yes, overcame the temptation. He didn't call for uh, help directly, but you know, whatever Jesus does, he's wisdom. And he's depending on the wisdom God has already given him as a human being. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's, he was able to overcome the temptation. So that is the same thing we are supposed to do. We are supposed to uh, depend on our inner strengths. Mm-hmm. So the strength you are looking for is already in us, and mm-hmm. we are supposed to use it. But you see, you have to understand uh, dimensions also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm intentionally yeah, using bro. the word dimensions. <laughs> okay. Helping. It's in different forms. Maybe you have the brain to study. But it is Kojoda will tell you that hey, there is a vacancy at my company, they want someone to come for an interview. 
So yes, you, you have the strength, the ability to study, but help came from Kojo. Uh -huh. That help, you, you may not have total control, but maybe Kojo is your friend. That is a, a, that's enough link. Maybe you've established link, a lot of links as you were growing up. But it, it's also external. You can't say that that help came from you alone. Do you understand? Maybe Kojo saw that. You are saying, you. I see like two things now. Because oh, no, you know, no, no, you know no. that people, hold on. I'm, let me just see how I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. You know that okay. they are right now, since we are going externally, there are a lot of people who don't believe in God, right? Yeah. And they do all those, they, they network, they do everything. And in fact, the richest people on earth and the most successful and the most impactful people are not Christians. Uh, and that's why, that's where I'm, I'm always trying to draw these. this. Okay, so, have I always said something? You see, I, when it came to the case of Jesus, I made you understand that though he was doing it himself, it was God. But let me use this scripture too. The Bible says that he makes the sun to shine both on the righteous and on the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. Now, if I dry my clothes in the sun and it dries, I can say, yes, it is the sun that dried it. But I can also say it is God that dried it. <laughs> because <laughs> God created the sun. And God doesn't discriminate. Like, there are, there are laws that work for everybody, whether you are a Christian, you are not a Christian. There are blessings he has put there for everybody. That works for you. Whether this, would, this, make, this would make a lot of sense if we like saw like a, some sort of equal number of people that benefit benefited from this universal um, law that you are talking about but but we have let's take for example i don't want to use names but let, let's take let's take a church that has about 600 people and yeah. who constantly engage in prayer believing strongly in the external help right yeah at least if if you classify these people in your 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 analogy that these people are this this clothing that has been dried outside and the sun is shining on all of us at yeah. the very at the very least they should we should be on par um, with people who do not spend that excessive amount of time in the church as well yes but you don't see, we, we don't see that and that's 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 my that's my point i understand what you're saying though yes but i just don't i just don't see it physically yes. all right guys so sorry to jump in here we've exceeded our time by four minutes but then um, um, I'd like us to round up in the next six minutes. So if there are any contributions, let's make it fast. Okay. Then yeah, let's, let's just open it for people to speak. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. Hello. Yeah. Good evening once again. Good evening, Nana. Good um, evening, boss. Please, I want to know, was Jesus telling the devil not to tempt him because he is his Lord and God? Or he was referring to his father God, because the, the the devil tempted Jesus. The devil did not tempt his father, but Jesus said, "Thou shalt not tempt your Lord, your God." So was Jesus referring to the devil that I am your Lord and your God, or his father? Hmm. Please question or let's answer. Oh, okay. Um, 
Um, sorry, Ama, please write them down. We will address them on our next meeting before we go on. Any question that we can't answer, please go ahead. Okay, so this one is uh, Jesus talking directly to Satan, saying that uh, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. And he was saying it in response to what Satan did. I don't think he was uh, interceding for God, like, who is not involved in this whole show. Obviously, he was talking about himself. Because uh, Satan was not tempting God the Father. Like, Satan was not tempting God. He was tempting he, Jesus. So if Jesus says, thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God, implying that what Satan is doing is wrong, it means that what he says refers to he, Jesus, who is his Lord standing in front of him. Well, the Bible says he's oh. the king of kings and lords of lords, lord of lords. So whether Satan likes right, it or not, it's Lord. Hello. Hello. Go ahead, Nana. Uh, Satan took Jesus to the mountain or on top of the church and asked him to, like, jump down. God, his father, will send his angels to come and, and save him. Are you listening? His yeah, father will send his angels to come and save him. So who exactly is Satan trying to uh, focus in here? Okay. So, so first of all, in context, Satan was quoting Psalm 91. Joshua, please go ahead. Oh, no, 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 go ahead. I was going to answer. I just wanted you to know that what Satan was doing was he was quoting scriptures. So he quoted Psalm 91. So the fact that you quote scripture doesn't mean you are born of God. Please go ahead. Okay, so uh, Satan tells Jesus to jump off the tower or whatever was there. And then he supports it with a scripture that if you jump, the scripture says that your father will give his angels charge over thee. Now, the object of temptation here is still Jesus. Because he is telling Jesus to jump, not God to jump. And giving him a reason to jump. So, really? it, obviously, he's tempting Jesus Christ. Not God, not Jesus' uh, father. Yes, it's like we're talking about like you different people. <laughs> yeah, and and, and, but, and I'm happy this is coming up because the revelation of Jesus that we will be teaching or expounding on will answer some of these questions. Great. Um, I just want to clarify, just in case Amma is um, recording the questions. I, I think what I was I was trying to ask was if um, man was in charge or if if God had left us in charge of our affairs or if God is involved in our affairs. Mm. Is that a bit clearer? Yeah. So who, Hello. who is in charge on this earth? Yeah, is yeah, it man who, or God? Yeah. yeah. Please Hello. go ahead. Yeah. Hello, um, go ahead. My belief is on this earth, man is in charge. But the creator, when we give him our will, to take control, he will. And when man decides to do things on his own to have the right to do. So it all works in hand. 
it works hand in hand. You understand? Okay. If you recognize that he is there to help you, he is there to guide you. As the scenario that uh, Ampedu made last time, that your father prepared a party for you. You came, everything was set. And he asked you to take absolute control, steer their affairs. But when you realize that uh, your father, who had the knowledge to prepare this party for you, can also be of help. So you should therefore hide behind him to, to let your things move on. Things will end up successfully for you. And when we say successfully, um, not of riches uh, or something of that nature, because according to the, what one of our brothers said here, was uh, the sun shines or when it rains, it rains uh, over the, the rich and the poor or the righteous and the unrighteous. So when we realize or we recognize God to be there for us, he will also be there for us. That's, that's my opinion. Glory to Jesus. Um, I know more people would like to contribute, but I don't want us to exceed our time. Um, the CX app, we are known to be time conscious. And so um, thank you all for joining. We will continue from where we left off today. We'll make sure we leave no stone on content or ten. Anyways, so we'll continue. And God bless you all for joining. I'll just love to say this, that after this, we send recordings. If you need the recording from the beginning, text me. I'll put my, I'll send my number right now. I'll, I'll put my number in the chat. Or you can even just send a private message here with your number. I'll send you the full recording from when we started so you can follow. We don't want to leave anyone confused so that you can follow. And we will try our best to be sending in the summaries. We also need help. So if you are here, you know how to use Photoshop and you want to help us do the amazing job that MK is doing, we are open. If you know how to use Photoshop, we are open. You can help us put this into PDFs and videos and stuff and then um, I'm sent. So God bless you. I'd like to pray with us all so that we can end. Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you so much that you hear us always. We thank you for a time like this that we can get clarity from your word. Father, Lord, if we do not know you, we can't relate with you. And we know that your desire is to relate with us. That is why you sent your only begotten son, who is now the first begotten, to come and die, lay his life so we might have your life. Father, we thank you that as clarity is coming, we are confident enough in our relationship with you. We know that we are divinely secured in you, provided for in you. And Father, we thank you that we are found in you, having your righteousness and not our righteousness. Father, Lord, until we meet again on Tuesday, each and every one of us is protected. Father, Lord God Almighty, each and every one of us will continue in the blessing that we have received. And it will touch our family, it will extend to even our neighbors. We give you praise that we have your life, and that in you, Father Lord, we are totally secured. Jesus' mighty name, I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. 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 All right. So we have the recordings. We will send them. The Lord bless you all. Joshua, Fidelity, happy to see you. Grace, happy to see you. And guys, God bless you all. We'll meet on Tuesday. All right. Bye. All right. Bye. 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 God bless you too.